Welcome to the Walking Together podcast. This is a podcast where we, as the pastors of the gathering, get together and talk about things, random things sometimes. <laughs> but um, we are covering the topic of fleece prayers today. So uh, y'all jump right in and uh, stay tuned, and we will be right into this discussion. Cue theme song. <laughs> I'm definitely not editing that out. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, fleece prayers. Real quick, could any of you give like a definition of what a fleece prayer is and where would you find it at in the Bible? Why are we even discussing it? Is it a warm, snuggly prayer that's made of fleece? <laughs> no. No? No. That's no. all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all. You're wrong. That's all you get, Jordan. <laughs> no. Uh, Dang it. Fleece prayer would be, uh, I think, Judges 5. 6. 6. Uh, Gideon. So God sends judges to judge Israel, uh, and Gideon being the fifth judge, hence why the book is called Judges. Um, and God calls Gideon to be uh, the leader, right? A mighty warrior. Um, and Gideon is like the smallest dude in his village. And uh, he is afraid of, I can't remember the name of the people that are attacking them, oppressing them. And um, Gideon puts out a fleece. So I assume some type of blanket-like thing. And just pretty much tells God, you know, uh, I think he does it three times, right, Kyle? Uh, Twice. Twice. So one time it's like, you know, if I put this, fleece out and it is dry in the morning because you know in the morning there's dew and uh when the right when the sun's coming up most the ground is wet and he's like well if i put this thing out and it's dry then i believe you've told me to do what you've told me to do why don't we read it yeah so, <clears throat> so judges six starting in verse 11 it says the angel of the lord came and he sat under the oak tree that was in oprah just kidding it's not really oprah but it looks like it. It's Ophrah, uh, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite. That one's a really hard right. one. Uh, his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? They said, God, they said, hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have and deliver Israel, Israel from the grasp of Midian. I am sending you. He said to him, Please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's family, but I will be with you. The Lord said to him, You will strike Midian down as if it were one man. Then he said to him, I have, If I have found favor with you, give me a sign that you are speaking with me. Please do not leave this place until I return to you. Let me bring my gift and set it before you. And he said, I will stay until you return. So Gideon went and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread and half bushel of flour. He placed the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said to him, 
take the meat with the unleavened bread, put it on the stone, and pour pour the broth on it. So he did that. The angel of the Lord extended the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. Fire came up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. When Gideon realized that he was the angel of the Lord, he said, Oh no, the Lord God, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace to you, don't be afraid, for you will not die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord's place. I mean, the Lord is peace. It is still an Oprah. Just kidding. <laughs> Oprah of the Abazarites today. On that very night, the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull and second bull, uh, and a second bull, seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that belongs to your father and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Build a well-constructed altar to the Lord your God on the top of this mound take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the asherah pole you cut down so gideon took seven, 10 of his male servants and did as the lord had told him but because he was too afraid of his father's family and the men of the city to do it in the daytime he did it at night when the men of the city got up in the morning they found Baal's altar torn down and the asherah pole beside it cut down and the second bull offered up on the altar that had been built they said to each other, who did this? After they made a thorough investigation, they said, Gideon, son of Joash, did it. Then the men of the city said to Joash, bring out your son. He must die because he tore down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. But Josiah said to all who stood against him, would you plead Baal's case for him? Would you save him? Whoever pleads his case will be put to death by morning. If he is God, let him plead his own case because someone tore down his altar. That day, Gideon called Jeroboam, since Joash said, let Baal contend with him, because he tore down his altar. All the Midianites and Malachites and the people of the east gathered together, crossed over the Jordan, and camped in the Jezreel Valley. The Spirit of the Lord enveloped Gideon, and he blew his ram's horn, and the, uh, how do you say that? How do you say that? Abizarites rallied behind him. He sent messengers throughout all of Manasseh who rallied behind him. He also sent messengers through Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali who also came to meet him. Then Gideon said to God, If you will deliver Israel by me, as you said, I will put a wool fleece here on the threshing floor. If dew is only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, I will know that you will deliver Israel by me, as you said. And that is what happened. When he got up early in the morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung dew out of it, filling a bowl with water. Gideon then said to God, Don't be angry with me. Let me speak one more time. Please allow me to make one more test with the fleece. Let it remain dry and the dew will be all over the ground. That night God did as Gideon requested. Only the fleece was dry and the dew was all over the ground. So he was basically like at the end, he was like, maybe this was just a fluke. He's like, let's do another test. Well, the reason I started like way back and read down all of that, I realized that was a really long read. <laughs> but the <laughs> but the reason why I did that is because um, it's important to hear that that uh, interaction between Gideon and the angel of the Lord yeah. in, while he was threshing wheat in a wine press, um, because it speaks to the heart of Gideon and what he was dealing with in the course of all of that. Um, you don't thresh wheat in a wine press, right? <laughs> right? Like 
thresh the process of threshing wheat basically you take wheat and you throw it up in the air and the wind takes the chaff away from the wheat and the wheat falls to the ground so they do that usually on a hill on a windy hill um so if you're doing that in a wine press, you know, like wine presses don't have any air moving in them and that's intentional for the, <laughs> right. for making wine. Right. So, uh, so he's threshing wheat in a wine press where there's no wind. There's a reason for that. He was there because he was scared. He was shaking his own boots because of the, the Midianites were, were trying to conquer. Was it the Midianites? I think it was Midianites. I right? think it was. Yeah. Uh, they were trying to conquer Israel. So, they were attacking. They were about around and about where he was at. He was scared, so he was threshing wheat in a wine press. And the angel of the Lord looked at him and said, "Gideon, valiant warrior, right?" So I imagine Gideon probably looked over his shoulder, looking for the valiant warrior, <laughs> um, because he was literally threshing wheat in a wine press. Um, so when you get down to the fleece prayer. Um, I mean, you just, you see a reflection of that and him doubting God's call on his life because he didn't, he didn't think he was good enough. He was scared. There was, there was like all this going on there that kind of, that kind of brought about what happened there with the fleece prayer and God saw his heart and answered him. Mm -hmm. So why, why do you think he asked for the fleece prayer? I mean, you already kind of alluded to it, um, just doubting his god's call on his life but you know if god himself stepped down and said it then why did he doubt why was he still asking for a sign i think it's the same as like like moses right like moses when when god called moses to take the israelites out of out of egypt he he said man i'm not eloquent i'm not a good speaker like he started all this self-doubt stuff and god responded to him um, but I think it was the same thing. I think it was, uh, it was self doubt. It was, there was a lot of, it was less, um, they weren't looking at the power of the God that was asking them to do what he was asking them to do. They were looking at what they were capable of doing themselves. Yeah. So do you think that trying to wrap my head around why you think they would even, uh, why they would even start to, ask too because uh, so coupled with the self-doubt um you know because uh, coastline we've been reading through john 4 and right there at the end of john 4 uh, talking with the centurion you know he said you people you, you're always asking for signs you know and it's funny to see that we ask people have always asked for signs all the way from genesis uh, all the way to the end i mean we still do today to some extent, I would say, you know, like that's, that's why we're bringing it up today. Um, do you think it was an appropriate thing to ask for a sign? Do you think it was his heart and God being okay with that? Or do you think that's something that, uh, as we mature, that should go away? Nah, I I definitely think it's something that we should mature beyond. I, I think that both of those instances that we just talked about, uh, with Gideon and with Moses, it was God's grace that allowed him to answer just because both of them doubted God in the, mm-hmm. in those moments, you know, they, uh, by doubting themselves, they doubted God. And I think it kind of goes to a misunderstanding of the dominion mandate from Genesis. Well, Nick, Nick had said earlier before we started recording that, 
even though it may appear to be a um, immature thing to do a fleece prayer, um, God still meets us in those moments. And talking about Moses, even though Moses uh, doubted God and doubted his abilities, God still met him in that, and then he was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll let Aaron speak for you. And so God met him in that and, and helped, <clears throat> helped him, I guess, feel more comfortable. And in this case with Gideon, God obviously gave him, you know, two back-to-back signs on, you know, he had the one and do not being all around and then one small object on the ground. Like that's obviously, that's a no-brainer miracle to me. But then he was like, I need one more sign. Like maybe this was just like an accident. You know, and uh, so you know, God was like, "All right, well," and and He's done that with. He, if you read through and what we've even read through just so far, all the way through uh, to Numbers, uh, there's been plenty of those instances where people have kind of doubted God, or it seems like a weird conversation with God where they're where they're doubting Him, or even like like qu- questioning God's purpose and God's intent and, and, and questioning his authority and questioning God as God, um, you know, but God is still, he's, he's still gentle with those people. He doesn't, you know, like the times when God was like, I'm just going to wipe them all out. And Moses was like, no, remember, like we had this thing and, you know, you, you made a covenant and you made a promise. And, you know, that almost seems like kind of like, it almost seems weird thinking about somebody would have to remind God of something that God said. Of course, God knows what God said, you know, so I can't claim that I fully understand why that was recorded and why that took place and why, you know, God would even allow somebody to, to say something like that to him and then him not be like, are you kidding me? Like, who are you talking to? Like, I'm God, son. Well, I think, I think, I mean, that I love that you brought that up because it's, you know, we're this week, Wednesday night, we're going to start talking about the different ways that God speaks to people. And I think that specifically talking about, um, you know, Moses back and forth with God and going, you know, but you made this covenant. Um, I think when you understand the way that God speaks to people, um, and you understand that it was Moses writing that, right? So he's, he's going, um, you know, God said this was going to happen. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, God was revealing things to him through the same way he speaks to us. You know I mean? He's like, here, here's what's going on around you. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Pay attention to what I've said to you in, in our time together. And he's putting all that stuff together. And then he's going, He's going, God, no, you can't destroy you can't destroy the Israelites. Like you've made this covenant with us. Uh, I think it was God revealing to Moses his own heart in that circumstance. You know, it wasn't that God was I don't think it was ever God's intention that he was ever really gonna destroy them in that moment. But it was it was God taking Moses to that point of believing that he was going to, uh, to to reveal to him He wants to hear you say it. Right. Mm-hmm. And you believe it and not it always be from his end. Yeah. Like asking Adam where he was when Adam was hiding. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the, re- it's the relational. Can't play hide and seek with God. So that's what I was going to say in the two, in Moses and Gideon, 
like in God having grace and God values the relationships over the result. It would have been a lot Mm -hmm. easier just to get somebody else, but God knew God chose Moses. God chose Gideon and God keeps his promises. So he was just like in the, in the serve acronym that, that we use for building and training up leaders and anybody. It's just a biblical principle that it's not so much about getting the job done. It's helping people to see the relationship and what God is doing more than just getting the job done. Because if you're just trying to get a job done, you're always going to pick the person that's mm-hmm. best, that's that's going to have the least resistance in that equation. And that's not what it's about. Right. I think some of the biggest life lessons are learned through self-discovery. You know, when we, when we have somebody tell us how something is and then we adopt that, I don't think we learn it quite as deep as when we self-discover it. No, because right. you're just doing what the person told you to do. It's just a emotion. Right. It's repetitive. It's, you know, and uh, everybody's leadership style is different, but, you know, I will say it's one of the things – I love about Bobby's leadership style, even though sometimes it's you feel like you've been through off into the deep end. Uh, it is valuable because you are doing it and learning it yourself, mm-hmm. and you're right. not just doing something somebody told you to do. You're not following orders. <laughs> yeah. Well, however, I will I will add to that that it is important to listen to the advice of somebody. Instead of having the attitude of always, well, I just got to figure it out for myself. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely. Thank you. Because, uh, you know, in working construction for as long as I have, there's still a lot for me to learn. And I've worked alongside with people that have been doing it twice as long as I have. And we've come up with, I've come into a situation where we're trying to repair something or build something. And I'll have an idea in my brain of like, hey, why don't we try it this way? He's like, well, I've tried that and 10 other different ways. And this is the best way to do it. He's like, you can, you know, spend the hours fumbling and figure it out yourself, or we can just do it this way and move on with our lives. I'm like, all right, yeah, right. we'll yeah. do it this way and we'll yeah. move on. I'll move Absolutely. on with my life. <laughs> yeah. In some instances, there's no need to reinvent the wheel, but yeah, yeah. That, that, that was me with learning from that bladesmith. Like, I mean, I make knives as a little side thing like that. Uh, that started, I was training the guy's dog and he was like, Hey, um, why don't we do a trade-off? I'll teach you how to make a knife and you teach me how to train a dog. There were things that I learned in that, like over the course of like three months that would have taken me years right. <laughs> to figure out on my own. So yeah, wis- the wisdom of, of learning from somebody who's already done it. Um, absolutely. Don't discount that right. and don't, st- don't step away from yeah. that. That's invaluable. Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. There's a proverb about that. Too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's wisdom in many advisors. Yeah. Uh, that is one of my absolute favorite verses because it uh, first it points out the uh, the aspect of relation, you know, relationship and building friendship and camaraderie with others, uh, but also too like make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who are willing to pour into you. Like that's something you have to seek out because um, it, it you'll yeah. definitely learn a lot. A lot if you surround yourself with uh, wise people, but the wise people will also be able to know when you need to figure it out on your own. So that's, yeah, I should rephrase a little bit. And I appreciate Bobby's wisdom to sometimes withhold information and allow grace. And 
opportunity to fail so you can experience and know and not just be a let's get this thing done i don't have right. time for you to <laughs> mess around you know right right i think that man there's there's i'd like to like dive a little bit deeper into that because i think it's an important topic um uh, you know like that the the self-discovery side to me comes more when you are going into new territory um, when you, when you're going into a place in, into a deeper place where you're, maybe you don't have the people around you that have the wisdom to be able to step you beyond where you're at. Um, part of it is reaching out to people for mm -hmm. the wisdom that they do have to, to come in and formulate something that solves the problem at hand. Right. Um, sometimes when you're doing something new, uh, it, it requires taking wisdom from other things and, and applying it towards what you're doing. Um, Biblical principles. Because everything's different, right? Like we, God places things in front of us that, uh, that are very unique to us in our, in our circumstances sometimes. Um, and I think that's what I was trying to say as far as the, the self-discovery side of things is um, uh, there's the proverb... Uh, Using a dull axe requires great strength. So yeah. sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. Right. So kind of bringing that all full circle back to the, the prayer thing too. Uh, oh, I got, I'm sorry. I got another proverb. It's not really a proverb, but uh, my grandpa always told me, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. That's right. And uh, that's right. I just kind of <laughs> piggybacks off of that proverb. I think that was off of a movie that um, the name of it is the other word for a donkey. <laughs> yeah but um yeah I, th I mean i think i think the 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 thought of moving past feeling like we have to consist consistently make a fleece prayer to be obedient is something that we should move past and and learning from other people and hearing the wisdom of other people and hearing other people's stories, those are the kind of things that get us to a place to where we have the faith to where when when we know God has spoken at one time, then it's good, it's done. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to keep asking for another sign and another sign and another sign. You, you just full send it and you go. Yeah. So let, let me ask you then. Um, if you're trying to hear God's voice and then you read that, you would assume it would almost be an okay thing, right? Because it's a biblical figure who did it. A uh, pretty prominent one, too. But, um, I mean, we do also see his immaturity, too, like just just before that. Um, so n not necessarily saying that it's okay, but somebody who's trying to figure out, okay, how do you uh, listen for God's voice, but also try and figure out his will and direction for your life? What would you say to somebody who is looking for that? Like they're trying to build their their prayer life uh, into something greater. Um, what would be the wise thing to do? What would be the wise next steps for them to take? So that way they uh, do learn to listen to God, but also find direction. Uh, especially, you know, in, in Gideon's case, like there's a lot that weighed on this decision. What do you think would have been the best thing for him to do? I think submission is the first, you know, the, the point of submission of, of lowering yourself. Beth even talked about it a little bit last week of just, 
when she was talking about getting your heart above your head and the act of physically doing that puts you in a posture uh, to, to lower yourself and not think inwardly. Uh, and something for me, um, if I was in Gideon's shoes, not knowing what I know now, uh, and, and going through some of those fleece prayers or signs or praying for what I want versus God's will. Um, just knowing the verse, uh, there's, there's more than one about God's strength and power and that being in you if you've received Christ. But knowing, like, if I don't submit to God's will and go at this by myself, I'm already putting myself at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make sense not to mm-hmm. submit and and let God do what only God can do. Yeah, I think I think too we have it a little bit easier than they had it back then. Right, because we, we already have scripture. the stories. <laughs> right. Yeah, we've got scripture so, that we can that that wisdom that we can go off of and go. Um, you know, we can we can take and that's what the advice that I was going to give off of your question was uh, go in and and take scripture and pray it back to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in in your circumstance and the situation that you're in. Going into the Word and 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 really seeking His face for His will in the situation that you're in, find Scripture where God talks about that, and then pray it back to Him. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that that'll change your prayer life pretty quick. Yeah. Did um, Did Gideon ever seek any kind of counsel? You may know. What do you mean? Probably not at that moment. Um, but did like that would that would have been my next thought like. Well, let me go ask somebody who's wiser than me. <laughs> oh, no, and I, even if I, I don't, don't have the scripture or the those verses hidden in my heart, well, let me go ask somebody that might know more than I know. And they're probably going to point you to some of that. And then just being humble enough to try to do some of those things. Submission, humility, you know, understanding what God's will is versus what you want. You know, I want this cancer to go away, but is that what God wants? Because I'm sure if you'd asked Gideon, he didn't necessarily want to go into battle with these people, especially being the little guy. Right. So I don't, I don't think that he actually went and sought out anybody's um, counsel on that from what you see in the scripture. But, but God definitely did put some stuff in front of him. I mean, you look at a. You go to the next chapter in Judges seven, I think. In starting he had a an twelve, an, he sent 12. an angel to speak to him. So <laughs> right, I mean that's pretty. That was pretty wise counsel. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't had any angels come and visit me in my lifetime to help yeah. me out. Yeah, uh, true story. Would, but he also God also put stuff in front of him. So there's like yeah. this in in the next chapter. It talk, in verse twelve. It says, "Now the Midianites, the Malachites, and all the people of the east had <coughs> settled down." In the valley, like a swarm of locusts, and their camels were as innumerable as the sand on the seashore. When Gideon arrived, there was a man telling his friend about a dream. He said, Listen, I have a dream. I have had a dream. A loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp, struck a tent, and it fell. The loaf turned the tent upside down so that, so that it collapsed. And his friend answered, This is nothing less than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. So, you know, like he, he just walked up on this conversation of these guys, um, you know, talking about 
a, a vision that God had given them in a dream of them winning this battle. Mm-hmm. So uh, God, that was a sign, right? Right. So it, it goes back to the question of should you ask for signs or should you be more in a posture just not to miss what God is doing? Because I, I think it should that, it should yeah. always be our our heart to to hear God and and take His word as truth and and, right. and go after that. But I also think that you know being a realist, um, how many of us ever really do that? Great, um, like none of us, right? right. No, so, but... so so being in a putting yourself in a posture to to hear what He's saying through what's happening around you right. um, to to seek out his face and be listening uh, and, and you know, intentionally like that. Yeah. So Gideon moved, advanced, Gideon moved forward after the, the fleece prayer. Mm-hmm. And Gideon didn't necessarily ask to walk up on that conversation. Right. But God put it in his path to keep him moving forward. And I know just, you know, from what we talked about last episode and and what the past two or three weeks have been for me like and with you know adjusting to this new thing of Olivia having diabetes every time I stepped out and every time I prayed or had a conversation with God I'm like God you know I just don't want to miss what you're doing right you know how I feel I've told you how I felt I'm I'm frustrated I'm you know confused and every time I started getting low God would put something in my path to remind me that those things are true and to keep going. Right. Mm-hmm. Cuz I think we I mean we often forget like he's he's not just our God but he's our father too. I mean he cares for us. He he wants he wants us to know. <laughs> I think God cares about the little things too and so yeah, he's going to put things in your path that if you're actually paying attention You'll probably get your answer. A lot of times, I would say every time. But I would yeah. say the the clearest voice of God is always the Scripture. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, digging in and 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 that's that's the the truest account of uh, that we have to be able to 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 listen. Um, but think about the Old Testament. None of those guys had Scripture. Right. right, they had a relationship. So, yep, uh, God spoke spoke to them audibly. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> pretty pretty rad. Or or and there's sometimes that we just assume that God was speaking audibly to people because we we read the story and it talks about God said to so and so such and such. That's true. Um, but God said some things to me that I didn't ever hear in an audible voice. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. So, um, one of the next questions I had was. Say somebody is facing a, a big decision, you know, because I'll be honest, I've prayed for these prayers before, not recently, <laughs> but uh, this is going back a long time and it's kind of laughable now, but um, I was praying fleece prayers so that way God would show me a girlfriend, <laughs> right? I mean, gotta do was what it, you gotta do. was it Kelsey? N- no, this was a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, and so like people pray fleece prayers usually about big things, right? Because they just want to know for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure that this is exactly what God is saying. You know, that's why I think God had uh, 
whenever get whenever God was picking Gideon's army, how did he narrow down the troops? Right? You remember? It was was it? I don't. How was late? it three hundred thousand at first? Yeah, it was around that. And Hold then on. it went down. It went like to thirty, didn't it? Or three hundred? I think three hundred. All right. So in Judges seven, and all the troops who were there with him got up early and camped beside the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them, below the hill of Mora in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many troops for me to hand the Midianites over to them, or else Israel might elevate themselves over me and say, I saved myself. Whoever is fearful and trembling may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So uh, 22,000 of the troops turned back, but 10,000 remained. So there was 32,000. 22,000 people left. I uh, left 10,000. There are still too many troops. Test them uh, down at the water. If I say to you, this one can go with you, he can go. But if I say about anyone, this one cannot go with you, he cannot go. So he brought the troops down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Separate everyone who laps water with his tongue like a dog. Do the same with everyone who kneels to drink. The number of those who lapped with their hands to their mouths was 300 men, and all the rest of the troops knelt to drink water. Um, the Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the 300 men who lapped, uh, lapped and hand, who lapped and hand the Midianites over to you, but everyone else is to go home. So Gideon sent all the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300 troops who took the provisions and their ram's horns, uh, and the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. So he took the brave few who drank like dogs. I I think what John said about God's word being the clearest uh way that that we can uh hear God's God speaking to us today is super important uh, because when we do make big prayers and I'll just use your example of of you know finding a girlfriend or whatever like it's not for my not really like a personal experience of myself but you know let's just say you're in a relationship you know you shouldn't be in Mm -hmm. and you know you make this fleece prayer oh god i just want this relationship to work out and blah 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 and you give all these things on why it's a good thing and you know you guys are shacked up and you're doing all these things that aren't part of god's plan but you still want god to bless it and uh, you know bobby says all the time that you know god doesn't bless sin um it's important to to get your your own heart, your flesh heart out of the way when you're making those kinds of prayers right. because you're like, oh, I love him or I love her and I want to be with her and she's... The flirt to convert. Well, I mean, not even that. I mean, like, who who knows? Maybe you guys, maybe each person is a professing Christian, but right. they got, you know, the, the physicality got in the way and, you know, whatever, and you lost sight on God's provision and God's plan and you started to make your own plan. You know, but and that can be ap- applied to to jobs. You know, with when you're mm-hmm. when you're chasing money and all kinds of stuff. You know, and but whatever. You know, some people might feel like, oh, well, my heart's telling me to just stay with him or stay with her, and you know, I just gotta seek my own heart because God loves me and He wants me to be happy, and you know, all these kinds of things. It's important to to compare with God's word, mm-hmm. um, because if anything that you feel inside of your heart is contradictory to God's word, then it can't be God speaking to you. Right. And I think a lot of times we will even pray ourselves into a deeper 
whole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, because, because we're, we're affirming all of the things that we want. Um, and, and cause out of, out of the mouth comes the abundance of the heart. Right. right. So, you know, if, if we're, if we're, if all the feelings in us are purposed towards this person, then we're almost like trying to validate our sin or try mm-hmm. to validate our decision to God, uh, rather than standing on truth and going, what, what does the scripture say? You know, in the, right. in the instance of a woman, right? Like, right. or of, of your, your mate, you know, like, um, am I, uh, am I seeking out a helpmate according to how God planned that? Or am I trying to fulfill the lust of the flesh? Right. Yeah. And so I think that goes back to what you just said there is you, we are able to self-affirm things that only brings Gloria to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's one thing that I learned just over time was, you know, whenever making big decisions, instead of praying a fleece prayer, I always ask God, okay, God, what is going to bring the most glory to you? Mm -hmm. What's going to bring the most honor to you? Or if it's um, a decision between two different things, God, where am I? Where am I? Uh, If it's, some, something that I have to decide for myself or if it's something that I have to decide for my family. God, in which situation are we going to um, more easily and better glorify you and honor you? Those aren't always easy things because you really actually have to think about it. You've got to make intentional effort in doing those things whenever you do decide. But that has become kind of the rubric for me whenever I make a big decision. It's not a fleece prayer anymore <laughs> like that was you know, a long time ago. Yeah. Just asking God, you know, where, where can I best glorify and honor you at? I think it goes back to the beginning of all of this that we're talking about with, with the, you know, what did God say? Right. What did, what did he say? And am I doing that with whatever the circumstance is? It, you know, there's, there are sometimes that you run into situations that maybe aren't directly addressed in the scripture. Right. Um, but they are indirectly addressed by, by all of the biblical principles that he laid out on everything else. So, uh, being able to go into the word and go, well, what does God say about my circumstance? You know, like if it's a relationship, what, you know, what did God say about what a relationship is supposed to fulfill and what it's supposed to be for man? Right. Um, am I, am I seeking out his, his intention for this? Am I redeeming this kingdom concept of this? Or am I allowing the world to define it for me? And, or am I allowing myself to define it? Right. Um, placing myself in the seat of God. Um, and I mean, cause he already defined how all these things are supposed to go. Yep. He created it on purpose for purpose. Absolutely. Just like us. Absolutely. What does anybody have any final thoughts on it? I think just going back to the first question. So is it okay to pray for science? No. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a sin. So, but maybe. I would say grow in your relationship. Your heart, right? Right. So, God has grace and mercy and will meet you where you're at and knows your heart or your intention behind mm-hmm. asking for the sign. Right. But what does a sign do? Doubts God. Mm-hmm. And... A sign points you to something, right? Right. So don't what God uses signs to point you to Him, right? Mm-hmm. Not to the sign. Mm-hmm. 
Right. So I think God has grace in that. But what did Gideon do after it? He moved forward. Right. He didn't keep on God put the sign out for me so I can then he would Gideon would have made the sign his God, not right. God. Right. So I do I don't think it's just a hard no. But if you're hearing this and listening to this, then you've already, you know, you you, you probably ain't gonna do you much good to ask for a sign. <laughs> <laughs> right. But God, you know, only God knows your heart and asking for a sign. You know, only you and God know why. And God, I think God has grace for your ignorance. But afterward, he's calling, he's going to call you into more, to more faith, to a closer relationship with him. So if you just keep reverting back to that, then yes, that answer is going to be no. Right. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So now that you heard it. So it's okay to be a fool, but don't keep being a fool. (laughs) Fool me once. Shame on me. <laughs> Fool me twice. Shame on you. Is that how it goes? No, it's only once. She opts away. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a fool. <laughs> no, I like, um, I started to think about in when Kyle was talking about asking for things and asking for signs and all these kinds of things. Like, we can sometimes selfishly ask for signs, but we won't. I thought about um, Jesus asking for taking the cup away, like take, you know, before he was going to get crucified, he said, take this cup away from me. Uh, that wasn't the end of his prayer. Yeah. What did he right? say right after? The end of his prayer was, but your will be done. Um, and I think that's a huge thing when you ask for a sign or ask for anything, really, you know, asking for big things like taking, taking away diabetes or cancer, or, you know, healings of, you know, maybe I got a bum leg and I, you know, whatever, which I kind of do have a bum knee, but you know, like maybe God is not going to be best glorified by that healing. You know, maybe there's something bigger, um, there's something bigger that God's going to do through that, whatever. Um, and so even with asking with the sign or whatever, it's gotta be, it's gotta be coupled with and ended with, but your will be done. And, and, and you yourself having to be at the point to where you're going to be obedient, even if, mm-hmm. you know, even if, um, you know, I also love when, uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, were going to go into the fire and, and they said, we know that our God will deliver us from this fire, but even if he doesn't, uh, I still will not bow down and worship your gods. I think that's radical. Yeah, um, that's right. That, that I'm glad you brought it up because it just reminded me like, don't take the no for not praying for signs as an excuse. Like God wants to know your heart and how you feel. And so Jesus was telling him how he failed about it. Mm-hmm. But then still, like, I'm not saying I like this, but I trust you and I love you and I'm I'm going where you tell me to go. And yeah. when you can be real with yourself and real with God, that is the that is the crossroads, you know, in, in the intersection where I think you see clearly. And I think that's, that's the intimacy and relationship, right? Like that's, that's what God looks for in us. And you look at the depart from me for, I never knew you, uh, verse, right? Like yeah. God, God, God knows us. He, he knows yeah. the innermost parts of who we are. Uh, so us, us being able to, 
to express those things to him, uh, it just speaks to the trust that we have with him as our father. Um, and it, I mean, you think about like, if you, if you just hit all of your feelings away from, from your wife or, you know, vice versa, how, how strong would that relationship be? You know, how, how much of an understanding would you have of your spouse? If, if you tucked all that stuff away and never, never expressed your, your fears and concerns or your, you know, yep. it's part of that intimate relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty guys. I think it's a good place to wrap up. So, well, thank y'all for listening to this episode of the walking together podcast. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, topics, or you just want to say, Hey, uh, you can do that at, at gatheringsurfcity.com slash WTP. The WTP stands for Walking Together Podcast. Uh, anyway, we just want to thank y'all for listening. Uh, I hope y'all are getting a lot out of it. You know, it's fun to be able to sit around and talk about it. But we also want to be able to answer your questions. If you have questions as we're doing the Bible, read through the Bible in a year, please reach out and ask. We are not afraid to say we don't know either sometimes. But we'll at least talk about it. Anyway, we do just want to thank y'all. Uh, thank y'all for listening. Uh, share this on Facebook or anywhere else. Give it to a friend. You know, we, we enjoy growing in Christ together because that's what the walking together is all about, growing in relationship with one another. Uh, so thank you. We hope to see you next time. Later. <laughs>